Joe's letting me close the store tonight. You're kidding. I am not. Big responsibility, Lucas. Yes, but Joe's rules are extremely simple. Count money twice, keep my hands off of his beer, cigars, and drumsticks. My, my. How will you remember it all? Good luck. Don't screw it up. Welcome to the Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric, and sitting across from me is Arwen. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FuntimeMovies1. That is FuntimeMovies and the number one. Uh, we just watched a movie, and I'd like to break this movie down. What did we watch? We watched Empire Records. Yeah, and how did we like Empire Records? Very much. I, mean, I enjoy this movie, too. It reminds me of my youth. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in my 20s in the 90s, especially in 95 when this movie came out. But I don't remember seeing this movie's trailer, anything about this movie, until maybe a year later when this movie came out on a home video release. Right. And uh, even then, I overlooked it because I'm a big fan of Renee Zellweger. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan of Liv Tyler at right. the time. I watched the trailer to this movie, and the trailer is even boring. Really? Yeah, it's not a fun trailer to watch. It's It does not give the same excitement of the movie. title of the movie is Empire Records. We saw it on Netflix. It is rated PG-13. It has a runtime of 1 hour and 31 minutes, so it's a quick watch. It's directed by Alan Moyle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, stars Liv Tyler. Renee Zellweger, Joe LaPaglia, Anthony LaPaglia, Anthony LaPaglia, Max Caulfield, Max Caulfield, Ethan Embry, yep, um, Rory Cochran is actually, I think, in more scenes than anyone else. Yeah, so can we call him the star? I really would, because ultimately, his actions run the course of the entire movie. Right. He he is the reason the movie is even happening. Okay. So again, we watched this on Netflix. This this movie flew under our radar uh, in 95. It is set on the date of April 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the, uh, the day Kurt Cobain's body was found. But it's also Rex Manning Day in the movie. Um, they do it like an homage to like Kurt Cobain a little bit. But they never actually say it's April 8th. It's actually on a poster. April 8th, Rex Manning Day. Yeah. Let's talk about the movie. Okay. Rory Cochran's character is Lucas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he works at a record store. Right. And we know from the interaction he has early on with Renee Zellweger's character, Gina. Yes. That he's the night manager tonight, and it's his first night being the night manager. And he has to count the mo- money twice. Right. And he says this explicitly later on. Right. That he has to count the money, had to count the money twice. So he's thumbing through some stuff on the desk like any curious uh, George would do. Right. And he finds a music town, you know. Like a contract. Like a contract. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he finds this contract and he's like, oh no, I have to save the store. Right. <laughs> and I don't know why this is his big idea. But he drives his motorcycle all the way to Atlantic City from, I think they're in Delaware, 
I might be wrong. I'm not really sure where they're at. I'm pretty sure they're in Delaware. So they he drives it's within driving Delaware. distance. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, well, like a nighttime driving yeah. distance because the next morning he's asleep he's on back. his motorcycle. Yeah, but instead, to back it up a second, uh, he goes to Atlantic City and he plays craps and he goes. So all I have to do is get a seven to win. The guy goes, Yeah. He goes, Okay, I'll do that. And he throws it. He gets a seven. He doubles his money, which is like over nine thousand dollars. He had nine thousand, and he doubled it to eighteen. Right. So. And then he throws it again. Let it ride. Letting it ride. <laughs> and he loses everything. And some lady goes, you know what? You used to look cool or something. Or like you, that. you used to be cute. You used yeah. to be cute. <laughs> so that's how the movie starts. Right. Now, from that point on, I don't think people really give a crap about the money except for Joe. Well, yeah, it's Joe's. It's Joe's in, butt. In, including Lucas. Lucas is like... Lucas doesn't care about the money When he loses the money, he goes, I wonder if there'll be any consequences for right. this. I wonder if I'll be held responsible for this. So, there we are. We have the basic plot to this movie. Let's save the store, right? Right. So, the next day, we meet Gina and Corey. And Gina is a bit loose with her morals. Can we say that? I wouldn't say loose with her morals. I think she's more in touch with herself. Okay. And Liv Tyler is a little bit uptight. She's a bit high strung and prim and proper. Right. Now, um... Even though that outfit does not say that. Yeah. (laughs) I believe Liv Tyler was supposed to be Angelina Jolie. Oh, really? Yeah. If I read this correctly. So Angelina Jolie was supposed to be Liv Tyler's character. Ooh, I can't see that. I can't either. She's not even fun. I don't like any Angelina Jolie movies. I still like Hackers. I don't care. You're not going to ever not convince me that she's Hackers in one good is, movie. Hackers is not a good movie. Shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> so Corey wants to lose her virginity to this guy named Rex Manning. Yes. And we haven't seen Rex Manning yet. I don't know who Rex Manning is. Um, Rex Manning is played by... Max uh, Caulfield. Max Caulfield. Who was in Dynasty and the Colbys, and uh, uh, he was in Grease too. That's the one I remember. He from. was the cool rider. Yeah, the cool, 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 cool rider. <laughs> you remember that? Oh my gosh, he was the cool rider. Yeah, he wore the ghost helmet, and he jumped off he a cliff. He was super cute. He was a superhero <laughs> in that freaking movie. I hate that movie. By the way. Uh, if you ever want to bastardize a classic, give it a sequel. Everybody does it now. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm super. Oh wait, no, we did have a. Su- <laughs> what? Rocky Horror Picture Picture Show. It, it had a sequel. It did, did yeah. it? Yeah, I was about ready to say. See, they never did it to Rocky Horror Picture. Oh, nope they they did it to Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture Show. So, never mind all that. They bastardized everything. Um, no, there's no Citizen Kane two. Yet. Yet. Nothing is original anymore. No. We don't know anything about Rex Manning. But everybody's cleaning up the store. But they're, yeah, they're setting up standees. They're... Ethan Embry's character, Mark. (laughs) He's standing on this gigantic staircase. And he goes, nothing bad can happen today. Not on Rex Manning Day. And he looks at the camera. And that's one fourth wall break. Not on Rex Manning Day. Then they play Video Kill the Radio Star... Mm-hmm. Um, Love that song. And and it's just all these little montages of things, you know. And then we get an idea of what Rex Manning is when we hear the words, 
Oh, Rexy, you're so sexy. I laughed my head off. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I've watched this movie before, but in re-watching this movie, I had forgotten about that one part. Yeah. And I just started laughing. And so, the, the intent was to just show this goofy dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the video. Yeah, in the, yeah. In the video. And the kids mocking that dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they shot an entire four-minute music video for this. And it's on YouTube. Watch it. Be amazed. So, we got Rex Manning coming in. We got the money missing. Is there anything else that we got going on on this one day at a music store? Well, there's a couple things. Um, there is the... The little love angle between AJ and Corey. Yes. And then we also have Deb and her mental health issues. Yes. We haven't talked about Deb yet. No. Uh, she is played by Robin Tooney. Uh-huh. People will recognize her from mostly from the craft. Like, okay, everybody in this movie has done another movie that is more famous than this movie. Ethan Embry... Well, he's been in quite a few things. He was in Can't Hardly Wait. Right. That was a big... Yeah. All right. A big movie in my mind was that movie. Well, it was all like the next year they had big movies that actually made them more money. Um, Robin Tooney was in The Craft. Right. Renee Zellweger, one year later, does frickin... uh, uh, What is that? Show Me the Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Mm -hmm. And uh, Liv Tyler does That Thing You Do and Armageddon. Oh, yeah. Um, she's in The Leftovers later on, like, a couple years ago. Lord of the Rings was one of the big things for her. Yeah. Renee Zellweger, clearly the biggest star to come out of this. Um, yeah, she got a lot out of that. LaPeglia. Uh, what's his first name? Anthony. Because I called him Joe earlier. Because yeah, his because name's his name's Joe, in the, Joe show. in the movie. So yeah. Anthony LaPeglia, he was in So I Married an Axe Murder. as one of my favorite characters yes. in that movie. <laughs> uh, the cop that once to be more exciting. He wanted it to be like Serpico and right. said it was him just doing paperwork. <laughs> funny, funny movie. Um, Mike Myers' best movie. Uh, if you, yeah. if you uh, disagree with me, I will fight you. <laughs> we got this whole cast of characters and these people go on to bigger and better things. Right. Most of them anyway. Well, a lot of I them. I mean, uh, Warren, the kid who plays Warren, uh, he's in some stuff, but you know, bit stuff. Ethan Embry, uh, he kind of fell off the face of the earth for me, but I found out later he did a lot of indie stuff yeah. and like respectable stuff. Yeah, he did that one horror uh, yeah, movie. Yeah, he did uh, the Masters of Horror series. Is that what that it was? That was on Showtime. Yeah, it was. Okay. It was a really cool vignette. Yeah, Robin Tooney plays this girl named Deb. She's depressed. Mm-hmm. We don't even see the front of her head. Until after what happens. She shaves off all her hair. She shaves off all of her hair. Which really screwed up her role in the craft. Yeah, that was a wig. Yeah, she was wearing a wig during the craft. Which I guess was easy because doesn't she like change her hair? She changes her hair and different things. And I I think at one point she even loses her hair. So I think it worked out in her favor. Right. But didn't she shave her head to keep the role in... uh, this movie, Empire. Yeah, because they thought she was too cute to play a sad goth girl. Oh. She so. is really pretty. And, like, the two pretty girls, Corey and Gina, um, they're like, hi, Deb, hi, Deb, and she flips them off, and they're like, she doesn't like me. <laughs> and she's like, well, I like you, or some dumb crap like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, okay, this is a typical 
work environment where certain yeah. people are fun, certain people are not fun. Um, we get introduced to this pothead pizza guy with long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, discount Jason Muse. Uh, I can't remember his name. I don't remember his name right it now. It doesn't either. matter. Yeah. Because uh, uh, he's, he's really a non-entity in this movie. Yeah, he, he brings in the pot brownies. Yeah. And he clocks in, but he goes and gets pizza and acts like he's... I think he's actually working at a pizza place later. Yeah. So I'm really confused about who he really is. <laughs> the story is convoluted. It's there's very a lot convoluted. Of, there's a lot of things going on over the course of this eight-hour period, you know. Yeah, it's like well, all day. Maybe 12 hours yeah. because they're open eight to midnight or something like that. Um, because, uh, yeah, Mark answers the phone. Uh, Empire Records, we're open till midnight. Yeah. So... Other than that, we got our cast of characters. Mark's the pothead. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Gina, the uh, open-minded woman. Yes. We have Corey, the uptight uh, college student. She's going to go to Harvard. Harvard. I forgot to say that. AJ. AJ, the lovesick ducky boy. And Deb, the uh, the angry and uh, Lucas girl. And Lucas, the and uh, weird got- beaknik. Yeah, then you've got uh, Warren. You got Warren later. Yeah. Uh, you got Joe. Joe's the owner. Joe's basically the father figure of this movie. Yes. It's very formulaic the way they do it. You see this in a lot of older guy takes kids under his wing and they all become happy at the end, right? Semi-happy, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so that's, that's kind of Joe's shtick right there. He's the guy that makes you happy, right? Right. In fact, even when he's talking to Mark, he's like, are you in trouble? You could have come to me if you're in trouble. I could have helped you out. Yeah, to Lucas. Mm -hmm. That's the movie in a nutshell, basically. Um, Later on, we got Warren, who shows up. He's a shoplifter. Yes. And he's... He's much younger than them, too. Yeah, he's like... He looks 12. I guarantee he was like 20. He's probably the same height as he is in the movie right now. Maybe. No, I, I swear he is. He <laughs> looks short in his pictures. He's funny. Yeah. So when Rex Manning comes to the store, he gets introduced, and uh, Warren has already been abducted by the, the staff, and he says his name's Warren Beatty. It's, yes. We find out later his name's not even Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty is the star of uh, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. and uh, he is Dick Tracy. Yes. I can't think of any other movie I've ever seen Warren Beatty in other than those two, though. He's been in a ton of things. I mean, he was in Madonna's Truth or Dare, but as something completely different. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Bonnie and Clyde would have to be my favorite of his movies, though. Yeah, yeah, well, I think that won him an Oscar. It's possible. I don't know. It was really good. So, Warren is, yeah, he's a younger guy. He, uh, He knows how to be snarky. When, when, at one point, they play music, like this heavy metal music, and the kids are dancing, and Warren gets up off the couch that he's confined to and starts dancing with them and, like, moshing with them. Yeah. And uh, moshing in movies is nothing like real-life moshing. It's oh, hilarious. No. It's like they saw a picture of it once, and they're like, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's moshing. <laughs> we got that. Let's dive deep into Rex Manning. Rex Manning is a former television star. Yes. Who has a music background, mm-hmm. kind of like your David Cassidy. Yeah. He's kind of washed up, but he doesn't know it yet. Right. 
and his handler, I forget her name, uh, Jane? Yeah, Jane. Um, and she was, she was played by, uh... Debbie Mazar. Debbie Mazar, yeah. She was also in So I Married an Axe Murder as a less-than-funny character. And she somehow knows Joe, and apparently in deleted scenes we find out how they know each other. But for the purpose of this movie, it doesn't freaking matter. No. What matters most in this movie is to get as much music in this movie as possible. How many songs do you think are in this movie? Oh, maybe 10 to 15. Wow, that is very conservative of you. Really? There is 50. No. There are 50 songs in this movie. Really? 16 of them made it to the soundtrack. I did not realize it was that much. Yes. This movie is full of music. It's small little tidbits then. Because I know when, during some of Deb's scenes, you'd hear a Cranberry song. And it wasn't always the same Cranberry song. Which, you know, I'm going to automatically hear that because I love the Cranberries. Yes. I did not realize how much subliminal music was really in this movie. Oh yeah. This movie's chocked full. And, uh, and there's a lot of good music that yeah, I heard. I liked a lot of this music. Some of it I hadn't heard in a long time. Some of it I've never heard until the making of this movie. Yeah. Or watching this movie. Mm-hmm. So he's a washed up guy. They set up his little booth. He has a little cutout standing. He's sitting there and he looks at... You look down the line. There is not one young person in that line. There was one. Where? She came up, she came up towards the, the middle and he was finally happy to see this younger girl and he's making it out and it's like, oh, that's a lovely name. And it's like, yeah, it's my mom's name. I have no idea who you are. <laughs> and his face just falls. <laughs> I could just see this happening because, you know, I'm a fan of professional wrestling right. and I've gone to like places where there are pro wrestlers that nobody wants anything to do with. So I'm at this one event and uh, this is in the height of the WWE's 90s explosion, right? right. Uh, back when they still had the F in there. And it was uh, Mick Foley as Dude Love was going to be in a fight that day. And I don't remember who he was wrestling. It could have even been Cac- uh, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> I don't remember. But I went up to Mick Foley and I bought my shirt and everything. I got my Cactus Jack shirt. I was so happy he signed it. I wore it until it fell apart. He really did. I really did. And uh, I look over to my left and there's Greg the Hammer Valentine just staring at the wall. Like looking as sad as possible. And And my first instinct was to go up to him and say, hey... But my second instinct was, no, he might want to sell me stuff, and I only have $30 left. Aww. So <laughs> I didn't do anything. Um, but that was the kind of idea I got like when watching Rex Manning. Is like, he's just this guy that's like, this is my life now. Yeah, it really is. Because Empire Records is no pristine place to go. Oh, it no. It is a he's, backwoods way, mom and shop place. Yeah, the way he's dressed... He's dressed, like, in satiny-type clothing and to the nines. And he comes in, and they set this chair down. He's like, I'm not sitting in that. I'll just stand. Right. (laughs) So they brought him another chair so he'd at least sit down. Yeah, and he is so, (laughs) uh, so weird. uh, Because I just didn't like his character automatically. You're not supposed to. He's slimy. Yeah. Um, He doesn't like where he is. He doesn't like what he sees. No. And he's just doing this 
to promote an album that literally sucks. And I think he knows it sucks. But that's his life now. What's Okay, so speaking of Jane a minute ago. Yeah. Jane is his handler. Yeah. And so she's sitting in the back room with a couple of the kids. And they are just razzing her about working for him. Right. And then she just quits. Yeah. And I was like, you've got to have thicker skin if you're going to be a handler <laughs> for somebody. Anybody. Maybe, maybe she was like, you know what, guys? You're right. My yeah. career has gone to crap. Yeah. Let's leave. And she just, she just goes. She, she shows that up back at the end, though. Yeah. And, but and not for Rex. No. For, for Joe. <laughs> yeah. He's a great guy. He's a cutie. Yeah. Yeah. But there was this scene where, who was going to bring him his food? Burko. Burko. We're going to talk about Burko in a minute, by the way. Uh, Burko was going to bring him his food. Mm-hmm. And Liv Tyler insists that she bring him his food. And why is this? Because she wants to lose her virginity to him. Right. And uh, how does that turn out? Not the way that she expected. There's another deleted scene I saw today. Oh, really? Yes. And why she picked up our, her clothes and ran out of there. Oh, see, there's more to that story, yeah. huh? So, <laughs> this gets a little crude. Aww. <laughs> so, she, he's like, you sure about this? She goes, yeah. So, he leans back, unzips his fly. Right, which is in the, the yep. movie. And then he puts his leg up on the table, which we hear. And I thought he was flopping his wang out right. there. It wasn't that. He just lays his foot up on the table, and he pulls out a bottle of ranch dressing, or blue cheese dressing, and he says, you want blue cheese on it? <gasps> Ew! Yeah, and she picks up her crap and leaves. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so that was the deleted scene I saw, and it's, you know... Rightfully. So he wasn't, she wasn't even going to lose her, her real virginity. It was going to be her mouth virginity. Yeah. Oh, no wonder she was upset, too. Well, well, plus that's pretty do. crass. Yeah. <laughs> that is and no way to lose your virginity. And it's almost like he's done this a thousand times before. I'm sure he has. Probably with not anybody that young, though. Probably with younger. Well, when he was younger. Maybe. But now. Yeah. <sighs> and uh, so after that, she tells Gina that she didn't do it and gives Gina her bra back. That's another thing that we don't know. She's wearing Gina's bra, yeah. so she takes that bra off at a table outside a cafe or something, right? Like a coffee house? I don't know. Yeah, like I don't remember that part. Yeah, I remember her taking the bra off, but I wasn't sure when. Yeah, it was at a table outside, so she takes that off. And so Gina proceeds to go, well, she's not going to sleep with him. I'll do it. Well, they got into a big fight. It wasn't really that big of a fight yet. It seemed like it was a big fight, you know, like, I'm going to hurt your feelings because I'm upset. Which, in turn, makes Gina want to hurt her feelings because back okay, and forth, I can girl, see that. cat fight. It's, it's building, but it's right. still a fight. I've right. been in these before. And, you know, a woman <laughs> wrote this, so she probably is more in tune with, you know, how girls act towards each other. I just don't get it. I even had two sisters and a mother that had two sisters. And they all fight, and I'm like, maybe girls just don't like each other. I think, I, I think that adolescence was the worst time for me to be a girl and have a relationship with another girl. Yeah. Because it just seemed like we were more catty with each other. And okay. And now that we're older, 
I'm over all of that, and hopefully everyone else is as well. You I'm know? sure they are. I'm sure that they're still emotional triggers. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So Gina goes and has sex with her. Then a real with, fight with, begins. With after, Rex. With, with yeah. Rex, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, not with her. <laughs> with Rex. Yeah, then the real fight happens. Then the happens. real fight happens, and you find out, like, you already see her take the pills, the, the Liv Tyler, Tyler take Corey. the pills, but uh, she brings it out into the open, and then, of course, everybody has to bring out their dirty laundry at the same time. Right. It gets resolved, kind of, eventually. Mm-hmm. They become friends again. And here's where I thought maybe there was a theme, and the theme kind of works its way through each character, even Joe. Even Jane hmm. is that they just want to be noticed. I can see that. Um, Liv Tyler wants to be the smart one, the right. the smartest, so she wants to be noticed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Deb literally says, "I just want somebody to notice me." Yeah. And uh, they have like a mock funeral for her, and she shows that she cut herself, and this is where everybody kind of resolves their differences. Yeah. Um, Mark, I don't know if he wants to be noticed. But he's the most noticeable for me. And the owner of the actual Empire Records company keeps forgetting Lucas's name. Yeah, he's like, who are you? Yeah, (laughs) and so Lucas always has to remind him, again, I'm Lucas. Right. So he wants to be noticed by the boss, maybe. He wanted to be noticed by Joe, especially. Yeah. So this was a whole thing of being seen. Mm -hmm. So You can especially say that with Warren. Yeah, yeah. Especially Warren. Warren wanted to be seen. Yeah. And uh, he's seen eventually. He gets arrested twice on the same day. And somehow manages to get released. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Like I said, the movie doesn't have to make sense because it's so fun. Yeah. You kind of like, I had a a teacher tell me, as long as it's entertaining, I don't care what it says. Right. And that's that's what I feel this movie kind of represents. Is that this movie, I don't care what it says, as long as it's entertaining. Right. Let's talk about Burko. Okay. Who is Burko? Isn't that Coyote Shivers? Yes. Yeah. He's Liv Tyler, at the time, he is Liv Tyler's stepfather. Right. But let's start with his name. Why is he called Coyote Shivers? I have no idea. Me either. (laughs) You couldn't find it? Uh, No, I I looked around and maybe I didn't look. There's no way a person is named Coyote Shivers. Is he Native American? I doubt it. It's possible. He's an ugly white man. If you man. know, let us know why his name is this. Is it his legal name? Or is it a stage name? Because he is an actual musician. Yes, he is an actual musician. And uh, to find his stuff on YouTube is rather difficult. Really? I think he only did one album. I think. Really? Yeah. He was originally supposed to be played by Billy Joe Armstrong. Billy Joe Armstrong couldn't do it. Right. Because of his, you know, obligations with Green Day. I don't know what this song... There you go. His name is Francis Coyote Shivers. It's still a stupid name. I'm not going to say anything different. Okay. Nobody names their kid Coyote. I'm ever. sure there are a lot of people that do. It's a strong name. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. It's a masculine name. <laughs> Anyway, I'm looking up him and or I'm looking up stuff about him uh-huh. so I can say anything because he's a non-entity in this movie. He really is he's, is like an afterthought. He's like a shadow in this movie. He he's connected to Deb. I think they're living together and that they're in a relationship. Yes. But 
Other than and that, that's, all we know that's about really him. all we know. Um, there's a deleted scene with him talking to Rex Manning. Oh. Um, which I could not find footage of. Really? Maybe you can later. Yeah. Um, there's other deleted scenes with him in it. He was supposed to be in this movie more. Okay. And I think if he was, I think he'd have been more famous. Really? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because I had never heard of this guy mm-hmm. until this movie. He sings my favorite song in the, in the movie, though. The Sugar High the Song. The Sugar High Song with the Renee Zellweger, who actually sings in this movie. Yeah. Uh, which I was surprised about. Another thing I found out was he was married to, I want to say her name is Polly Pierrot. Okay. From CSI, not CSI, NCIS. Is that the, the girl with the long black hair? I think so. Oh, okay. He tried to get her put in jail. Oh. Because she uh, perjury, committed perjury. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't know whatever came of that because I don't give a crap. <laughs> But I saw this video with, with him saying, if you're watching this video, that means I'm in jail because Polly blah, 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 blah. Oh. It's this whole thing where she said something about his current wife. He goes, and I can't be with my wife because I'm in jail right now. Of course, he's saying this in an office room. Oh. So. Like those pre-eulogy type yeah. things. Yeah. And I'm like, this is weird. I have to bring this up. But aside from that weird-ass drama, I... Couldn't really find too much on Coyote Shivers. Huh. Um, I like his songs. There's a song that I think is called If, and that was on, I found that on YouTube. I found the music video. He's covered in like little gold stars, and he sings a song. I like that song. I like his song. I like his style. Yeah. Um, his style is very much in tune with the style I like. Mm-hmm. But I think he might be a jackass. Aw. If you know Coyote Shivers... Please let me know if he's a jackass or not. <laughs> okay. Or if it's just a huge misconception. So the movie ends with what? A uh, big party? Fundraiser. A fundraiser? Yes. Um, every Save stereotype. The yeah, every stereotype who has ever liked music is at oh, this party. It is 90s fest. Yeah. I definitely. felt so nostalgic. It was like Lollapalooza in there, right? Yeah. Like, um, the van of the dirty hippies coming yeah. out, basically, you know, and then you've got the, the kids that are wearing those big pants and chains, and, right. you know, that kind of environment, because the 90s was a melting pot of weirdness. It was. And I loved it. And I did, too. <laughs> um, and that's why I still dress basically the same way as I did in the 90s. Yeah. There's no difference. And I'm old, so screw you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> um... They sing a song called Sugar High, and uh, the lyrics were changed for the movie, apparently. And Renee Zellweger got a chorus out of this and that isn't in the studio version. And she's not on the studio version, Not right? at all. Yeah. So that's pretty special for this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. It's a good song. Okay. Renee Zellweger can sing. In fact, I think she could have done a career in this. She probably could have. Yeah. What was your favorite part of the movie? I would have to say it's changed because I've seen the movie over a couple different decades now. It used to be where AJ and Corey finally get together. Right. But now... That part's a weird scene, too. It is a weird scene. She pushes him, she yells at him. It's classic Liv Tyler. It really is. (laughs) Um, But I would have to say my favorite part now is the end with the big party and... 
you know, the boss that has no clue how to run the, exactly. the machine. And I've just, like, loved that scene now. Yeah. Well, I liked I liked that part, too. Um, I like the part during the song where Coyote Shivers sings the word Saturday Night Live. They cut to the boss at the cash register mm-hmm. saying, okay, bye-bye. Okay, yeah. bye-bye. <laughs> uh, another part that's the best scene is probably where Joe gets angry and goes and plays drums. Yeah. And then everybody else is out there, like, dancing, dancing and playing like they're singing the songs. Mm-hmm. That's and that was a best. that was a uh, ACDC song. That's yeah. the only I would call that classic metal song. Yeah, it was great. I mean, there's other no, Video Killed the Radio Star is a classic yes. song. But this was a classic metal song. So my favorite part is when Mark trips out and sees <laughs> himself Gwar. get devoured by the giant worm in the Guar concert. <laughs> yeah. I found out also that uh, uh, Ethan Embry and somebody else found out that Guar was having a concert nearby and uh the director they told the director the director was like the the guar scene was already in there oh uh-huh. but he didn't know who guar was oh <laughs> so they went and filmed that at an actual concert that part oh where he's okay. getting eaten by the worm and guar concerts typically were kind of like these closed room events i mean they were just tiny rooms with maybe 300 people in well, it. Well, they were, they were banned from some states, too, at this time, weren't they? Allegedly. I, I couldn't You don't tell know that. if it's really true. It's just a yeah. rumor mill. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they were just a bunch of performance art nerds, became famous, and then became drug addicts. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is that Guar scene, and he's eating these brownies, and you hear him go, Guar! <laughs> you know? And it just cracked me up. And then he watches himself die, and he's like, oh. Ha! <laughs> You know, and and I'm like, that's Mark in a nutshell right yeah. there. He sees his stuff and he's like, that's hilarious. I like that a lot about that movie. What part didn't you like in the movie? There was a few things I didn't like. It's kind of few, but it's the, the pieces that don't make sense. Like Jane, when she quit, she quit to Joe. And I'm like, why is she quitting to Joe? It just didn't make sense. It makes sense to let him know that, My, hey, yeah. there's nobody here. But, you know, it it didn't make sense in that right. respect. And then uh, them having Gina and Corey fight kind of was like, really, are we going through this? Right. You know, that was kind of like, I could live without this storyline. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of one. I should have thought of this earlier. Because mm-hmm. there is, like, some of the stuff that you mentioned, I can definitely get behind on that. The plot holes were very... Like, in your face. Yeah. I mean, if you're a person that watches movies for entertainment purposes only, you won't notice these things right away. Yeah. It's when you start dissecting. Right. Um, So I would say we might have the same thing we don't like. Um, I definitely didn't like when Gina and uh, Liv Tyler fought after the Rex Manning incident. Yeah. Also, I thought it was very out of place for Joe to beat up Lucas. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that was uncalled for. But, yeah, I, I like those. Um, who is your most liked character? I would say probably Mark. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching Ethan Embry play this character. Yeah, Ethan Embry is, like, I wanted him to play Spider-Man so bad. I think he When I found really out they good. were casting for Spider-Man in 2000 or whatever, whatever I was like, yeah. you know who would be the best Spider-Man? It'd be Ethan friggin' Embry. Mm-hmm. And uh, they cast Tobey Maguire. 
who, by the way, had a scene deleted from the movie, or he turned down a part for the movie. Mm. He was supposed to play Mark's friend. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. So, yeah, he turned it down to be a writer or something like that. Interesting. It's Toby Maguire. So, yeah, he's my most liked character. My least liked character, though, is Burko, because he's just such a non-entity in the whole movie. I can get behind Rex Manning. Rex Manning would be my second most liked, but you're supposed to not like him. So, I don't want to pick a guy that you're not supposed to like. Right. That's... You just can't do that. I don't know. I honestly think that my least favorite is probably Gina. Really? Yeah. After defending her so hard. I would not be friends with Gina. This is the one of, I think, maybe two movies that I like her in. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Jerry Maguire. I've never watched Love in a 45. Um, there I've was never one movie seen... we liked her in. Uh, with Was it Ewan McGregor? Oh, God, I don't know. It, Down with Love. She was in Down with Love with Ewan McGregor. I don't remember that movie. You don't movie. remember that movie? No. It was kind of cute. It, I think it had a little bit of music in it. And you love a good musical. I do. I do love a good musical. And we're going to find out why. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to find out why, but we are. Another character I did like in this movie was the music. Yes. The music was definitely its own entity in this movie. Right. Um, watching, I think, uh, good bad flicks on YouTube showed me that... This movie was made just for the soundtrack. Yeah. How much do you think this movie cost to make? Including the music rights or just film? What was the budget of this movie? How much do you think it cost to make this movie? 200 grand. No. <laughs> you, you, you don't know how you, much it costs to make any movie. You then. really threw me off guard with that question. I have no idea how much it takes to make a movie. <laughs> Okay, so Clerks was three million to five million, I believe. Okay, and that was in black and white with barely any. Okay, so okay, so uh, music. Let's go with five million. It's a better one. Okay, but it was ten million. Now, for some ungodly reason, this movie tested well with demographics in the teenage to twenty somethings, which totally makes sense. Absolutely, and it tested high with those people. And it tested low with the older people. Warner Brothers, the distributor of this uh, film, mm -hmm. got gun shy and they released it only in like 87 theaters its opening week where it made $150,000. And its budget was $10 million. Yes. And in its second week, Ouch. it lost two theaters and made 255136 which means... That it made double its opening weekend money, so it was growing. Mm -hmm. They could have gone into more theaters yeah. after that and, and just shopped it around like the old Grindhouse movies. Right. And they could have made their money back. Mm -hmm. Instead, they pulled the trigger on that movie. It was done in two weeks. It made $273,188, according to Box Office Mojo. That is not enough. That is criminal for yeah. a movie like this. Billy Madison got more money than this. Billy Madison was probably in the, the theater a lot longer, too. Probably. That's a shame, because it's a really good movie. Now, I don't know what movies it was competing against. Um, it came out September, October. Uh, yeah, 95. Of 95. Mm -hmm. And so, could have been some horror movies. Could have been anything. Could have been that uh, Oscar bait 
you know, season. Still, even if they would have put it in all the theaters, they would have had a better response. Right. So, I think it was criminal for this movie to be released only in a couple theaters. Yeah. Uh, to almost no audience. And that's why it flew over our heads. We had no idea this movie even existed. Yeah. And then when I heard about the movie, I was like, oh, it's trying to be Airheads. Or, oh, it's trying to be Mall Rats. Right. You know, because I think both those movies came out in 95 as well. So I was like, I'm never going to watch that movie. It looks dumb. Got a friend who uh, lives up in Toledo right now. And he would be telling me about this movie. Eventually... I rented it. I loved it. And now it's on Netflix, folks. (laughs) You can watch it on Netflix. That's our movie review. I give it, what, an A? I give it an A. Yeah. Despite its flaws, it it gets an A. We're going to letter grade these. That's a good idea. (laughs) This is our second podcast, and we're still trying to feel things out. But I think things are working out just right. Is there any movies you want to see in the upcoming future? Um, I saw a trailer for Box Lux with Natalie Portman. Interesting. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. And I want to see it just to see what this ridiculousness is. She looks like an aging rock star. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that one. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I have to watch it at least once. Yeah, that looks good. I think I want to see... I'm going to see every superhero movie this year. Mm-hmm. I know that much. Or next year. Because Avengers 4 is coming out in April, May. Is it that soon? Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel comes out before that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying to think of something heady. Let's think here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holmes and Watson. Oh, yeah. That looks funny. We like movies. We don't care who's in the movies. We just like them. We like The Godfather. We Love like the Godfather. We like Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. We like Streetcar Named Desire. But you know what? We also like to be entertained and not cry our balls <laughs> off every time we see a movie. So, yeah, I'd like to see something funny. Um, and this one looks funny. It looks dumb. Yes. Like, real dumb. Yeah. Like you see John C. Riley holding up an old-timey camera doing a selfie. Yes. <laughs> and two fingers up going, hey, girl. You know, kind of dumb. That's the end of the podcast. Once again, you can follow us at Funtime Movies 1. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. Eventually, we're going to have a uh, website up. But until then, that's how you can communicate with us. Yeah. If you'd like to. Tweet us. Yeah, give us a tweet. Tell us what movies you want to see or want us to review. You probably see them already. But if you got a suggestion, I am open to any suggestion outside of Triple X movies. Yeah, no. <laughs> So, if you want me to review uh, 1968's Pete's Dragon, I will. I don't oh, know what year that came don't. out. Uh, <laughs> if it's available and I can either rent it, download it, or buy it, I, I'll do that. Yeah. So, until then, we'll see you next time. Or we'll talk to you next time. And, uh, you know what? Let's just tell them to go watch a movie. Go watch a movie. Go watch a movie.